Hey everyone, thanks for joining me today. We're speaking with Crystal Jordan. She's the proud mother of an amazing son on the autism spectrum, and she's been working tirelessly on something pretty cool that's provided her son with some awesome results. She is one dedicated mama. Also, remember, if you're enjoying our podcast, if you could please take some time to rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts and share it with a friend. That's how we make our voices stronger. You can also find us as My Autism Tribe on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Welcome to My Autism Tribe, a community of advocates that are linked by autism but bound by strength. This is a time to find our sounding board and shoulders that help us carry life's load without the fear of criticism. We give and receive. We nurture and empower. I'm your host, Susan Scott. Most of us have been in those states of pure desperation, and likely many of us are still there, where we're working on the perfect formulas of therapies, supplements, and diets that will work for our loved one on the spectrum. Oftentimes asking ourselves, what if we do this therapy with this vitamin and eliminate this from their diet? What if we skip this therapy but go to this doctor? I literally have binders of information and spreadsheets that I've collected in our short three and a half years on this autism journey. Some may have viewed it as an obsession, but I don't think so. I view it as dedication to make sure my son has the best there is so that he can reach his full potential. I view it as love. Today's guest is Crystal Jordan. Her passion to provide help for her son is absolutely inspiring, and I can totally relate to the love she feels for her little one. Please welcome Crystal Jordan. Hey, Crystal. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Susan. I'm really excited for you to share your story about your amazing son. Why don't you kind of start off with how old is your son now? So he is now 11. 11 years old. Okay. And when did he first receive his diagnosis? You know, we didn't actually get an official diagnosis until he was, you know, getting ready to enter school. And so, yeah, that's something we kind of waited on. We just, we saw everything that he needed and just kind of worked with that. And then when the time came that we had to get a diagnosis, yeah, that's when we did. But but I'd say that his, um, his symptoms and signs kind of certainly came long before that though so okay was the diagnosis easy to come by or did you have to or their waiting list for it because I know that that's something that we struggled with in our journey to getting the diagnosis right yeah no um I think you know I think it was honestly a matter of weeks and uh we had him tested here at the University of Utah and Mm -hmm. it it was just uh, the woman who did it, uh, actually a couple of women. They were just wonderful. They made it a really pleasant process. And so, yeah, no, there was no significant weight process. I, I would imagine that now, you know, autism is ever growing. So I would imagine, yeah, now I'm sure wait lists are really long. What, what was, what's been your long? Yeah, well, we were we received our diagnosis in the state of Illinois, um, and we're we're in Kentucky now. But yet, there were a lot of a lot of kids, and very few places that would really give the diagnosis. And so we went to Illinois Masonic Children's Hospital um, in Chicago and received the diagnosis. And then we're kind of just set on our journey back home saying, okay, well, we needed to have the intensive ABA therapy and then speech and occupational. And so 
than we were on waiting lists to receive that therapy. So there were just a lot of waiting lists, a lot of frustrations, and it's that's a really, really painful process to go through because someone's telling you that something's wrong with your child and then no one's there to help them. So it was one of those just painful, painful parts of the journey with a lot of desperation and a lot of darkness. And, uh, and then still, we are experiencing some desperation at certain points. I wouldn't say that we are having dark days every single day, but there are certain challenges that we're constantly dealing with. So what were some of the signs that you were receiving, like kind of like right along the very beginning? Yeah, well, I'd say, I mean, uh, he was our firstborn, and so that was all just this wonderful flurry of excitement, and uh, he was perfect, just this beautiful baby, uh, and, you know, I would say our very first sign at all, looking back now, was his sleep, which was, it was totally and completely upside down. We did everything we were supposed to do, you know, lights low, don't talk to your baby, you know, all that stuff. And uh, it's still just, uh, I mean, he would sleep for maybe two to three hours at a time, and that went on until he was about three years old. So it was, Mm -hmm. yeah, it was painful, and there were definitely dark days in there, so. Um, yeah. my, my laundry room was really clean because I would stay up all night <laughs> just doing something, <laughs> keep my sanity. So, um, anyways, uh, so yeah, so I would say that was the first, um, and then uh, definitely the next biggest one, which was huge, was his gross motor development, and it was just a matter of... It was really just one thing compounding onto the next. And I vividly remember those, you know, going into those well baby checkups, just feeling so ashamed that yeah. my, my, you know, my firstborn, you know, was not meeting these milestones. You know, he, he was late to lift up his head and therefore late to roll over. And then it just compounded. And he didn't walk until he was two. And so that that qualified him for physical therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, we'd have them come in, you know, maybe 30 minutes a week. It wasn't much. And I can't say that it did much for him. But, you know, it was nice to have, you know, an advocate, if you will, there in the home. And anyway, sure. but yeah, so the, the physical, the gross motor was huge. Um, and I have all these pictures of him as a baby and he's doing these, you know, straight legs, straight arm stems at the time, you know, just thinking, well, it's kind of bizarre, but that's his thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but now, yeah, definitely. Those were just these little stems coming from this little guy and, and, you know, later they grew into really big stems from a bigger guy. So, but, um, but yeah, so those were early and then, um, you know, he, what, what kind of turned into, yeah, these developmental and, um, mild, you know, things that he was missing, it, his health started to kind of, um, deteriorate as well. He had some major digestive issues, even when he was really little. I mean, I remember going to the store and buying these little baby child suppositories, and that seemed like such a bizarre thing to do, something I never thought would ever be a problem. Sure. Um, but definitely um, doing that, digestive issues were were definitely present and despite what I felt we were doing right um we know where diet went you know keeping it fairly balanced following that food pyramid you know as closely as we could and so Mm -hmm. um 
Yeah, and, you know, eventually, I, he was almost four years old, well, probably about three and a half years old. Uh, we just started seeing things like his, he lost that, you know, that vibrancy that in skin color that a child should have, um, anybody should have. And, yeah. you know, he started getting these kind of dark circles around his eyes. And, mm. um, yeah, just various things in the digestive the digestive problems they they were constantly and they were they were changing we'd go from constipation for a few months and then it would switch over to diarrhea for a few months and then it would just be totally weird for a few months and so so that's kind of that was a major thing we were dealing with um and also he had never his communication wasn't really there either i mean um he would you know going back now i I realized we could have gotten a diagnosis for him being hyperlexic because, you know, he would read a word and then he would point to the picture. So he was making that sort of a connection. Yeah. There was no verbal coming through. And so, um, so yeah, so we started, you know, doing sign language and things like that. But, uh, so the kind of the final straw for us that brought us to this journey that we've been traveling within autism was he was almost four mm-hmm. and amongst all of his other, um, you know, health issues that we were seeing, his fingernails, they were peeling from the top down, which sounds bizarre if you can imagine what that looks like, but yeah. it was horrifying because it's, it's so wrong. It's so bizarre. Um, and so you see something like that and you know that there's a major internal issue and he had been on a lot of supplements. I mean, we had done like most autistic, uh, you know, parents of, of a child with autism or, you know, at least try to do, want to do is we'd done all the therapies. We'd done them all. We even did, um, you know, and, you know, genetic testing and supplementing for those results. And, mm-hmm. um, so it was just, it was massive and it was very expensive. And so we were doing all of those things and still he was having all these problems. So I vividly remember the night and just going down this Google rabbit hole. Oh yeah. To, <laughs> and, and just researching diet and its impact on autism, all the different kinds of diets. And then, it was like this, you know, the heavens open and there's light beams and, and it's just a whistle. It felt like in my head and I, I realized, um, that diet was just, it was exactly what we were looking for. It was this missing piece for him. And, you know, he was, he was totally sensory sensitive. There were only a couple of foods that he was really willing to eat. I vividly remember these rice chips that he <laughs> would just love and, yeah. you know, like the, totally creamy vanilla yogurt whatever so so those were his go-to's but you know those were not going to be approved on this diet that you know I had culminated from all of this research so um but it just it felt so right so honestly like the next day and you know I'll add we had been GFCF for a really long time I think we did it for like six months and it just didn't work Mm -hmm. and so then we took a break and then I was like well let's try this again so then we did it for you know probably another six or eight months and it, it still just didn't do anything so anyways but after finding 
you know, all this information is the next day. I just cleared out the pantry and I prepped some foods that I thought I could even remotely get him to eat, which at the time was some like boiled chicken mm-hmm. with some, you know, really soft boiled carrots and celery and some spices and just threw that in a blender. Yeah. And, um, and some applesauce and homemade applesauce, no sugar, and I probably bribed him to eat it all with some grape juice or something. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, so that's what we did. And um, I made him a visual chart, and I think that was really important for him to, is that communication factor um, that, you know, he kind of was able to get what we were doing and why we were changing things. And it also is like a little menu where he could little place pictures. I had Velcro strips on there. He could place, you know, I want you know, apple something for breakfast, a banana something for lunch. And so it gave him that element of control and that visual element too. So that was, that was honestly a really important piece. That's even. cool. Yeah, it was, it was very cool. I remember it being a huge helpful tool. So anyways, but, um, I was committed, we were committed, and so we stuck to it, and I think the thing that kept us going is his digestive stuff almost immediately cleared up. I think it was a matter of like a a couple of days before we started seeing uh, just normalcy there, and then the skin color slowly started to rejuvenate, and what was just the most baffling was within two weeks this nonverbal child he started putting together three word sentences which was just so insane wow and it spoke to you know he'd been collecting this information the fact that it was more than just one word this was information that he was collecting and and it was like this diet was finally allowing him to unlock this vault of information that was in there. And it was just, it was just outstanding. And so we were, that was, that was all we needed. And we were 100% on this particular diet, which was, I mean, now, um, it looking back to it's, it's very similar to a paleo diet. So it's Mm -hmm. founded on the major food groups being, lean protein and fruits, vegetables, and healthy fats. So we did that for years and years and we never looked back and and now, but now he's able to eat more normal. Um, but we don't have the symptoms that he had before. We, we just haven't even seen those. So that's, that's a great point. You started mentioning, you know, the skin vibrancy, dark circles around the eyes. I know when Alex had really started eliminating foods from his diet, it was a scary thing, you know, as a parent to watch your child start eliminating foods because that's one of your your duties as a parent is to feed your child. And he, there, I think it was around Halloween time. We had this little Halloween thing at my work and Alex came and I took this cute little picture of him and of course we see him every single day you know this is what Alex looks like and I sent this picture to some family members and one of the family members texted back oh he's so cute is he sick and I I was kind of taken back by it because Uh, He wasn't sick, like he didn't have a cold, he didn't have allergies at the time. But the more and more I looked at this picture, I thought, you know what, 
he does he looks tired he doesn't look well and I thought well a lot of that has to do with a diet I'm sure but when you say clearing out the pantry that just puts every fear inside of me <laughs> it really does because oh my gosh I'm like there are days where I feel like I'm sustaining his life with Chex Mix and you know so it's like to to do something like that and of course you would have to have everyone in the family on the same page because yeah, if the Chex Mix is still in the pantry and your child sees it, then they're going to want that. But to completely oh, yeah. clear out the kitchen, that's a daunting thing. So how did you, did you guys have like a family meeting saying, okay, <laughs> this is what's going to happen? Or did you just go rogue and go in the kitchen and just start oh, throwing yeah. stuff away? Oh, I'm totally just, I'm just like, let's just do this. If I decide to paint a house, the house is just, I'm just going to go to Lowe's. I'm going to get a can of, it's just happening. So, <laughs> so I guess maybe my, my, functioning that way is part of it but yeah I don't know I think I think my reaction to like oh my gosh this is what he needs it was so powerful at the time that it was just it was on so I mean yeah. I think that's I don't even know I, I don't even remember clearing it with my husband I think I just went for it so <laughs> and I honestly think in all of the in all of the people I've ever talked to about this uh getting your family on board or you know or caretakers on board is the hardest part of it I yeah. think even above and beyond getting your child on board I really think just getting a spouse or a grandma you know yeah. grandmas are the worst grandmas are the worst oh sure so here's some cookies <laughs> yeah yeah it's okay. fine. He here's a ho-ho yeah, I think that is definitely, definitely the hardest. And um, I mean, my, my advice to that is it's better something, you know, if they're, I mean, the, the whole idea of the diet is you're, you are, you're setting them back to a homeostatic point. So you're, you're, you're relieving them of the stress of having to work with these different types of foods that are maybe bringing inflammation or their body is not at that time able to properly digest and mm -hmm. to utilize the nutrients in those for there's just a lot of elements to it so but but you're you're eliminating that stress and you're bringing it all down the idea is if you do have a ho-ho or something like that there is you are setting back that healing process but it is it's better than nothing you yeah. know it's better than this continued day after day, you know, Cheetos, because that's all I can get them to eat, or, you know, Eggos for breakfast, so yeah. things like that, I, I always say it's better to start somewhere, you don't have to go rogue, and just, you know, because <laughs> I think that that is asking a lot, and it's not in everybody's, it's just, it's, it's, uh, that's honestly like a personality thing, I think a lot of people need to plan, and they need to kind of ease into it, and that's okay, so, I mean, yeah. I always say it's just, it's just better to, to start somewhere, and, yeah, yeah. it, it is, uh, I've often wondered, and we've done a lot of, I call them food trials at the kitchen mm -hmm. table, like, okay, for one week, we are working on corn, 
where there's a piece of corn on the table and then it moves to the plate and then he licks it and then he smells it and then you know all of all of these just really kind of ABA therapy trials Um, we've had really great success with some foods and then other foods primarily in the vegetable department we are Mm -hmm. really still struggling with and so but the as far as the fruits I mean he has I always laugh about it because I should have bought stock in Hatchimals at the time because those were his positive rewards and (laughs) they got him to eat blueberries and blackberries and strawberries and raspberries all of these just really bright colorful fruits and still eats them to this day and those are probably his favorite foods but he still has corn dogs he still has you know just the fish sticks and Chex Mix and stuff like that so Mm -hmm. um, I feel like we're on the right track but there's there's still so much work to be done when you were sharing with me kind of offline about all of this work that you've done. And I know that you even went back to school to learn more about this um, on your journey. You started compiling all of this information that you have had learned, even the, either by school textbook, by the research that you had done kind of on the paleo diet way and all of that. And you started compiling them into... I don't I don't know what you would call it, but I think it's fascinating and so, so helpful into this website. It's called Foods for Thought, Foods and then for F-O-U-R, Thought. And I have to say that you have made it really easy for a lot of people to kind of go there and get information, even down to like certain recipes and stuff like that. And then even a detailed step-by-step process to walk people through what you did um, and what has proven to work for your son. Can you share a little bit about that process and what kind of how Foods for Thought all started? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, being on the diet, it honestly felt like a part of life. It was just a part of our our life. It was such a big element as much as autism was, this diet was. So, um, and at first, you know, that's hard. But it, it again, it, it just became part of life. It was just the way we functioned. We brought food to family events, and and it was okay. I mean, that probably sounds totally bizarre and totally wrong to some people, but but it it was it was awesome and it was fine. And um, anyway, so I think most of us are used to bringing food <laughs> places true. anyway. True. Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, so it was one of those things I just, I needed to do something with it. Yeah. So I went back, to, especially because it had been so impactful for him. I just, I felt this mission to, to share it, uh, on some type of a platform. And so, yeah, I went back to school to see if I could gain anything else. And I mean, uh, t- nutrition still follows pretty closely to, traditional nutrition um you know milk is a good the best source of calcium and we understand now it's you know, almonds are a better source of calcium so things like that uh, but maybe they've changed the textbook since <laughs> a few years ago but but yeah so um yeah I went back and I got that degree and um, that was really great very rewarding and uh, part of my graduate project was actually uh, doing research into elements surrounding the, the diet that I did for my son. So different, you know, it, it was just really fascinating. And further 
you know, verified why it was so successful for my son. Um, and so, yeah, it just, that was, it was like a 70 page research paper. So I had compiled all of this information and it was very cool. And so then just recently on a, the, the whole foods for thought, it's been this ongoing thing. I've just kind of been working on off and on and just writing down the recipes that I can actually get my family to eat. And, you know, cause we still struggle. It's not perfect. And so okay. just compiling those and putting them on the, this website. And then just very recently I created an e-course and it was just a really short videos, you know, one after the next where caretakers can follow it and they can apply the lessons. And it's very exactly what we did, you know, for the most part, trying to make it as tangible as possible. And so, so yeah, so that was, was a labor of love. It was something I just had to get out there and hopefully, you know, impact somebody in the way that we were impacted so yeah yeah. absolutely I think that's why a lot of us start kind of the journey that we're on I know for me when I started my autism tribe it was because I wanted to provide that support and empowerment that I was looking for on our journey and so think when you have that passion like that and of course the success story that you've had that plays a huge part in just keeping that drive going I think it's just completely amazing you're so inspiring by the way because a lot of people get stuck kind of in that desperation mode and that's okay to stay there for a little bit that's completely normal and dare I say even healthy because we do need to experience those emotions but what you did was you just you literally turned your life your your family's life upside down for a brief period of time knowing that if you're just going to do it you're going to go all in you're going to see if it worked and when it did start working you just kept going and I think that's just truly amazing and I'm so proud of you thank you that's very very nice (laughs) yeah well I am going to include the website I know you're on Facebook and Instagram and the foods for thought again that's for f-o-u-r thought.com and I want everyone to go to the website to check out you know some of those things that the online course I know is going to be really beneficial for people because especially people like me I'm limited on time we all go down that google rabbit hole Mm -hmm. of just information and again kind of what I'll reiterate what I said before is that you've essentially compiled all of that information into one place down to the recipes that people can use. And so it's really a step-by-step process. Instead of having to go and dig, you've already provided that information. So it's really cool. So I want everyone to check that out. Is there anything else that you'd like to just tell people? You know, one thing that I think struck me a few years ago is that I, I wish, I, again, my son is, he's 11, and so I feel like we've had some time to, again, like, the, autism is part of who I am, even, and so, mm-hmm. sure. um, but, you know, I think it's important, especially if you have a really young child, and this is, a, you're in the early stages of all this, I think it's, it's just, you know, autism, 
it's kind of a, a wonderful thing, to be honest. And it's, it's not an illness. And even what, what I did with my son, we didn't cure autism. I mean, he still is autistic. We just brought him to that maximum level of health and function where he can be his best. And so, so I think when, cause I've been there, um, maybe most people are better than I am. I don't know, but you get wrapped up in this idea of, I need to, I need to get rid of this autism. And it's, it's, you know, it's a neurodiversity. I really do believe in that. I think autism's always been around for one reason or another. It perhaps is just more prevalent today, but I just, I think it's so important to, to find those beautiful elements within even, it's, it can be really hard for certain people. I understand, but but yeah, I mean, we're not on this journey to cure, but we're on this journey to kind of to maximize and to bring them health and happiness. And so that's kind of my final yeah. <laughs> statement in all of this. So. Just have them reach their full potential. Yeah, and I yeah, know sure. on the days where I feel kind of crummy. Like, you know, yeah. my stomach is feeling kind of crummy or whatever. I'm not, I'm not running at my best. Right. And maybe in, in my best isn't someone else's best. Mm-hmm. We're, that just, that makes us human. But you make very valid points. We're not in it to cure. We're just in it to make sure that they reach their potential. And that's a beautiful thing. And that takes a lot of support from parents and caregivers and the community and everything. So thank you for doing your part and for also providing that information to help others. Yeah, thank you, Susan. Sometimes those states of desperation can provide us with information or insight into what our children or loved ones need. It takes time, dedication, and patience, but it's all so worth it. So never stop trying, always have hope, and dig deep. I believe in everyone. Keep up the great work, and thanks for being a part of my autism tribe. I'll see you next week.